0: Good afternoon and welcome ladies and gentlemen to the hottest place to get the most highly anticipated gaming news on the planet. That's right, it's the Get Your Pickle Out podcast and show. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls in the audience, today we've got a very special show. We've been building it up for weeks, weeks, but it's finally time to talk about and discuss Call of Duty Cold War. Also, we're going to be discussing the Xbox Series X, and sadly I have got some tough news. I did not manage to get my hands on a console, even after pre-ordering it, but we're going to delve into that a little bit more in this episode. And with that, sadly, I have made the decision to not play Assassin's Creed, the new game, Valhalla, as I wanted to experience it with those ultra-luxurious 4K graphics which sadly my 2013 edition of the Xbox One cannot handle. This bad boy can barely even handle Call of Duty at times. But you know what? After seven years, it is still holding up. I took it to Spain with me. I took it to France with me. I took it to Italy with me. It's probably been on more planes than most people will in their lifetime. And you know what? It's still holding up. But I will slightly touch upon Assassin's Creed, what I have seen from the game on Twitch, I've followed John Boy Sykes, big fan of the podcast. Also, he's been on it episode two, our most popular episode to date. From what I've seen from him playing it on Twitch, it does look like a great game. And even he said it is graphically stunning. And I don't want to hinder my experience playing the game until I've got that Series X. And I know it's going to be able to handle that high level graphics. But from what I've seen, first initial thoughts are, it looks great, it looks fun, and who doesn't love Norse mythology, man? Absolute dynamite, so much potential, and I'm very, very excited to get my hands on it when I eventually get my hands on a Series X, which is more than likely going to be in the new year now. But I will slightly touch upon a few different opinions that people have told me in terms of the Series X. Now, looking at the look of it alone... It's simple, it's minimalistic, and it almost has a computer tower feel to it. It's very, very Microsoft, but I really like that simplistic, bold nature of the console, and I think it lends itself nicely to what the console's trying to achieve, whereas the PS5 has gone for this dramatic, very over-the-top design, like, look at me, I'm the PS5, which, again, I think lends very nicely to the approach they're taking in terms of their gaming approach this uh, generation. And it does come to show that 4K, 60 frames per second appears to be the new norm going forward. Obviously, a massive selling point of the Series X has been its 4K, 60 frames per second capability. And with that in mind, I think the Series 1, xbox one sorry will die out a lot sooner than we think i've been playing one next gen game on my old xbox and it is struggling you know i'm seeing graphic jumps i'm seeing all these different problems and bugs which wouldn't come if i was playing it on a series x and game developers are going to take that massively in favor they're gonna be developing games with the series x in mind and then downscaling it to the older consoles Just a little food for thought if you are holding off buying the new consoles, yes you can still play the games on your old console, however it's probably not going to be the best experience, if you are an avid gamer I would recommend jumping into the next generation, yeah they are expensive, I myself play both Playstation and Xbox and I am going to be waiting a while before I jump in on the PS5. And it's making me reconsider whether I do in fact go into Spider-Man Miles Morales at this early stage. Because it does look a fantastic game and I can play that on my PS4. But I'm a bit hesitant. But look out for that as it might come again in the near future. And we have a little Spider-Man Miles Morales review on the podcast. And of course a massive, massive change for this generation is the introduction of SSD drives you've got way faster loading times people say when you pick up the xbox controller and you press that button it comes on in a flick of lightning and you're playing your game this is absolutely future proof in the console but will it last when it comes down to having hundreds of games installed on it when that ssd gets full is it still going to be capable of pushing out those high level speeds And again, with time and age, I remember my Xbox One was the best thing since sliced bread when that first came out, and now it does feel a little bit old, it feels a little bit dated. And is the Series X going to withstand the test of time? Well, there's only one test for that, and that is time. And with that, there is no doubt in my mind that the next iteration of the Xbox Series X and PS5 will be on the way. PS5 will probably do what they normally do and go for the slim version, Xbox, not so easy to predict what direction they're going to take. But they've, they've done a variety of things. I think the introduction of the Series S this early on in the lifespan adds more questions than it solves, really. What direction are they going to take? They've already done a slimmer, cheaper version of the console. Could we see a fully-pledged, massive 8K console cable of six, 60 frames per second? Who no, really knows what approach they're going to take? but it could be interesting. You know, they're already taking up the heels of playing on a Windows desktop. Can they take it that next step and provide an even better experience at a cheaper price? I mean, it's very interesting. Well, let's not delve into that too much right now. That's one for in about three years' time when I'm on about episode 400 of this podcast. And moving into the next Part of the podcast. That's right, it's time for a Pickle Open update. Now, on last week's podcast, I told you that we were going to be playing some Black Ops Cold War on the Pickle Open. Well, guess what? I lied. This week, we got a very, very nice surprise introduction to private matches in Warzone. That's right, I said last week we're not going to talk about Warzone anymore on this podcast, but again, I lied because on the same day that I released this podcast, Tuesday, that same day, there was an update for Call of Duty Warzone, which introduced private matches, this completely changed everything, yes, Call of Duty Cold War was coming out, and the idea was, let's jump into that early, before people get a feel with it, but with the introduction of warzone private matches it only seems natural to have a warzone private match with all the pickle open participants absolutely everyone came out in full force today we've seen some lads from a workplace of a lad who has been in the tournaments previously and he got like three teams from his workplace we've seen shegs playing we seen mick playing We've seen Shawnee Mac playing, unfortunately Hilda was missing in action, but it was really, really great to see all these players that are so used to absolutely tearing for Dance club, getting big kills, 20 kills, 10 kills, 15 kills every single game, to suddenly having to slow down their gameplay as they were currently coming up against people who they knew were very, very capable in a gunfight. And it had some interesting matchups. I tell you. There was a lot of raging, there was a lot of tears, there was a lot of arguments, and I was living for it. I was absolutely living for it. It was so much fun to host, so much fun to watch. And it was class for all the people that were in the chat. They were all loving it. I think we averaged about 30 viewers as well, which is insane, which is a new record for the Bram Pickle stream. Which I was pretty happy. I was a very happy boy going to bed that night. It's good to see that I'm finally getting quite a lot of viewers and things like that. But it isn't all about the numbers as well. It was the engagements on the day and just seeing the tournament prevail. But in the end, there's no surprise who the winner was. Somehow he went from 5th place in the last game to winning the entire tournament. I am talking about Chegg's EFC. He managed to scrape another win. In the pickle open. But then we had a second place from a very new team on the scene. It was Team John Cena. And his name is John Cena! <laughs> I do apologise to anyone wearing headphones, but I could not resist playing that sound. Yet, yeah, John Cena, not the real John Cena, but it was a guy called John Cena in game, which was great to see new faces coming into the Pickle Tournament, having success, We're taking home £60 as well, the winner checks taking home £120, and then third place was Mick Star 123 the main man Mick himself, he managed to take home £30, which was doubling his entry fee, again as always in the Pickle Open, I don't take any kind of cost from it, I put everything back in, so if you pay your £5, it's going to go to either the winner, in this incidents we had a first a second and a third place which was really good to see and it meant teams were rewarded as well more teams were rewarded more teams took home money which again is great great news for the brand pickle open which i am living for right now as always if you do want to play in the brand pickle opens hit me up on twitter at brand pickle for entry and if you are a streamer, if you are a content creator, it's a really good way to get to know other people in the community and enhance your reach a little bit. A lot of boys in this tournament now just play with each other on the regular, and that's only come around because of the Pickle Open. Love to see it, man. Love to see teammates getting on. Well, teammates. A lot of them are uh, enemies when it comes to the Pickle Open, but it's great to see that they're actually teaming up and tearing up and down and putting in some real big numbers, which you can only get. When you come and play in the pickle open, baby. Which moves us into our next topic of today. And it's a bit of a story time. Now, I mentioned at the start that I did not get my hands on a Series X, despite pre-ordering one, which, as I'm sure you can all imagine, is pretty devastating for me. Now, what we're going to talk about today in terms of video game business, you know we love talking about business on this show, and we talk about video game business advocates, and all that kind of stuff. Now, today, we're going to be looking at what I like to call the fall of a great high street store. Now, disclaimer for anyone listening who might be in, you know, the video game industry, I'm not going to be mentioning any names in terms of businesses who are mentioned in this story. Um, Just for legal issues, more than anything, I don't want to get myself in legal troubles, but I think it's quite important to discuss high street stores and how they are attempting to shift into the new world. The new world has been coming around a long time, and I think in regards with coronavirus and the current global pandemic we're all facing, it's important to look at how the world has accelerated that change into a more technology-based future. And with that is the death, sadly, of the high street. Now, the game provider who I bought my Series X off, I say bought very loosely, I pre-ordered it, removed money from my bank account to then have it put back in after they cancelled it, after the date it was meant to ship. Now, if you are watching on YouTube looking at your screen now, you will see the Amazon stock. If you're listening to me on Spotify, feel free to pull over, stop what you're doing, quickly Google Amazon stock over time. Now, you will see that from, I want to say, the year 2014, there was an absolute spike, a rise in the Amazon stock. And with that, for me came the new day and age. The day and age of people ordering things online, getting it delivered to their home. And with that, the lazy age. The death of the high streets, as we know it. The death of people going out the house, spending money in a high street. So what made this change? Where did this change come about? Now in terms of games, I'm not 100% sure. But I think games have always been sold online in a great deal of capacity due to the very nature of people that play games The very nature of people that play games are technology-based people. They are people that enjoy technology. They are people that are always looking for the next best technology, whatever that may be. And you can't put that past. These people are going to be flagships for online delivery, ordering something online, not even having to leave your home, and it being there the next day with Amazon Prime. The next day you're not getting it quite as fast if you were to drive to a shop to get it but it's way more convenient you know i can be chilling in my undies on the couch on a sunday night few beers in order a brand new laptop and it's at my house within 24 hours that takes some doing i can't be chilling on the couch in my undies and decide i'm gonna go buy a laptop go get changed have a shower put my clothes on, drive to Curry's and PC World and go and buy a brand new laptop and it'd be just as convenient as ordering one off Amazon and getting it the next day and literally doing nothing to get it. And there's no surprise with that, that games have always been sold in that capacity online. One thing that I would like to talk about is the selling of toys. For me, this was a very big turning point for Amazon. Now, I don't know if you know, but. There was, used to be a store called Toys R Us and Toys R Us ran into a bit of financial trouble, let's say. They started to see a fall in the prices. The stuff they were selling wasn't selling as much and they noticed that companies like Amazon were starting to grow. What Toys R Us did, they decided to start selling their stuff on Amazon branded as Toys R Us. Now, this... This was a fantastic move by Amazon. What Amazon did is they picked one of the biggest names for toys there has ever been in Toys R Us. The name says it by itself, Toys R Us. They got Toys R Us to exclusively sell their products on Amazon.com. With that, it meant people felt secure. They felt trusted. They felt like they could buy their toys on Amazon.com from Toys R Us and still receive that same level service that they've always had. They know they're getting a quality product. Why? Because it's got a Toys R Us tag on it. And what this did was it gave people the confidence to use Amazon. It gave mums who were so used to doing their shopping online, as that's all they've ever known, it gave them the confidence to shop online for the first time. My auntie, she's a very, very smart lady. Very smart. She's an accountant. She retired at the age of 40 and then got a job again. That's a story for another day. She was absolutely adamant against online shopping. Whereas my mum wasn't, and we used to always buy things online. She was adamant that online shopping was a, this dangerous platform. And now, it's not quite like that with her. She is using online shopping quite a lot. And with the growth of Amazon, and growth, and people realise that you can safely shop online. Amazon have done really, really well of creating that brand reassurance. And I think Toys R Us, and the selling of their own toys was a big step for Amazon in the right direction when it came to making people feel confident in shopping online, as I think that was always the problem back in the day. You know, if you ask your nan now to put in her bank details online and buy something, she's probably going to be hesitant because they're so used to that. You give money for your service, you hand your money to the shopkeeper, and then you take your goods there and then. Ultimately, this led to the destruction of Toys R Us. Once people were used to shopping on Amazon and they were used to buying it, why would they spend over the odd prices for something which Toys R Us are selling? When Amazon is selling the exact same product for 10% less, you're obviously going to buy the cheaper product. And this ultimately led to Toys R Us demise. And now, unfortunately, Toys R Us is in complete deficit they have liquidated the company it is gone they couldn't find anyone to buy it we've seen similar things in terms of the entertainment industry with hmv pretty much falling down blockbuster a massive company in the 90s suddenly obsolete and doesn't live anymore it's a classic example of large companies not moving with the times and you see some large companies, and they do try to move with the times. You know, they create an online store, and they use the face of the business that they've created on the high street. Again, going back to that same Toys R Us story, a brands that people already trust in the online scene. You're going to trust them. And they're probably the companies that have delayed the inevitable end for themselves, and they've, they have probably pushed themselves further. But then they start to cut back. They realize what they're actually doing is... They're feeding into these companies that are pure 100% online stores. Why? These online stores are better at doing what they are trying to achieve. Amazon has Amazon Prime, next day delivery on pretty much any good. Why would you go on one website and pay for something for the exact same price as you're gonna get it on Amazon when it's next day delivery? All that included. And they've got better aftercare, they've got better offices. All that. Why? Because they are a hundred percent based online. This is why Amazon are putting a foot in. And they're kinda of going backwards because now Amazon are putting stores into the high streets doing something very different. Well that again, that's another story for another day. That's another very technological based thing, which I'm sure we will look into at one day on the podcast. But you're looking at trying to engage in a market where people already have better facilities to deal with, something that you're trying to do as well. It kind of leads quite back quite nicely into terms of content creators. You know, you see a lot of content creators burning out. They're burning out because they're trying to do too much at once. You know, they're trying to post to YouTube seven days a week. They're trying to be live on Twitch seven days a week. They're trying to post to TikTok. They're trying to run an Instagram. They're trying to run a Facebook were the kind of the jack of all trades, the master of none. They're not put high quality in any market. And this is where I think the high street market's going. You know, a lot of these stores are jumping online, and it's easy to say, oh, get with the future, jump online. It's a big market to just jump into. And then you're suddenly balancing your high street store, balancing your online facility. That's currently a lot of members of staff that you need to do essentially the same amount of profit if you were to go to blockbusters and buy a dvd but then you know you trust blockbusters then suddenly they open an online store now what you're doing is you're just moving the people who would normally buy that in the store and moving it to an online but yet you've still got to staff that store you still have to staff staff to run your online store as well they can't do both so, suddenly you've doubled your, your labour costs, but you're still getting the same back. It's it's a difficult position to be in. I mean, do I have the answer? Do I know what the solution is to this problem that a lot of these high street stores are facing and trying to create an online brand? No, I don't. If I knew that, I wouldn't be sat here now recording a podcast. I'd probably be out there in the business world moving bits and making big dollar Unfortunately not, I'm just a small boy with big dream and a podcast, which is close to my heart. But you can't try and just juggle everything at once. That's the message I'm trying to get away from here. You can't juggle everything at once. Now, where does this relate to me and my Xbox Series X? Well, I ordered my Xbox Series X through a high street store online. Now, I support a certain high street store Through Thick and Thin, I have supported them for years. And I, even after this bit of an upset, I still said to myself, you know what, I'm going to support them. Because I think that video games play a very important part in the high street. And without those high street stores, I always think back to when I was a little kid and I used to go into the the shops while my mum was shopping and I'd walk around the game shops looking at all the brand new games. You know, that alone was a singular experience that defined my childhood and I would like children of the future to continue down that route there is no feeling like walking around the shop looking for all the new things, it's the same as Toys R Us would you rather sit and scroll on a website of Toys R Us would you rather walk around a Toys R Us store and just look at the magic around you but sadly looking at toys does not produce the income when you can go and look at them Family guy made a really good joke about it actually where Peter and Lois go to buy a mattress and they go to buy a mattress, they try out all these mattresses in the store, and then they go, Okay, see you later. And then the guy's like, What well, where are you going? And he goes, well, we're gonna buy we're gonna buy the mattress on Amazon, it's 10% off. And they've got a drone, they'll deliver it to our house. Boom, off they go. Mattress store has just given them a hundred percent, hundred percent customer service. They have looked, gone above and beyond letting them test all the mattresses. And then at the end, they've gone, see you later, mate. We're getting this for cheaper online. Supporting an online store who have essentially done nothing in that entire customer's experience of testing the mattresses, dealing with the mattresses, but your Amazon get all the money. You tell me how fair of a system that is. Anyway, back to me and my Xbox Series X. So I... Pre-ordered my Xbox Series X through a reputable brand. You know I've supported them for years, and I know of them very well. Now the problem is we're currently in the middle of a global pandemic. I would normally go and order it from the store, and on day one go and get it from the store, bring it home. Because we were amidst this pandemic, I made the decision. You know what? This year I'm gonna get it delivered to my house. Big change for me. I normally always go and pick up the brand new games consoles from the shops, but not this time. I decided to get home delivery. The problem that we ran into was the high street store that I ordered it from does not have the right facilities to deal with a mass release without their stores. You have currently picked up every single person, such as myself, who would normally pre-order it in-store, and you've stuck them into an online store. After this, the downfall is going to be absolutely huge they have missed off so many orders people have had orders cancelled people that have pre-ordered a console for release date have been told unfortunately you're not going to get it on release date mine personally just got cancelled completely as there was an error with the payment but then they took the payment and then they gave me the payment back and all this hee ha. and eventually it came down to them just saying listen you've not paid for it it's not really our problem which I was, I was pretty annoyed at, you know, when you pre-order a certain product and you're looking forward to it and expecting it, you expect it on that day for them to turn around and say, not really our problem. Kind of pissed me off a little bit. But will I stop using this store completely? No. <laughs> and the reason for that is we have to keep working with our high streets, you know, People always say support the high streets, but how much do they do? I am not going to lie, I do a lot of shopping on Amazon. Currently looking around me, pretty much my entire setup came from Amazon. It's so easy, so convenient, and I've built my setup during a pandemic as well. And I would hate to see the high street die, but I do think it's an inevitable end. And it's sad that some children you know when they are my age they will have never experienced that the joy of walking around the toys are us looking at toys for christmas saying oh i hope santa gets me that when you know your mum and dad are right behind you and they're gonna buy you it for christmas and it does where now it's gonna be they send the mum and dad a google doc with a bunch of links on it of an amazon store or even an amazon christmas list i'm really surprised that's not a thing by the way if the owners of Amazon or the chair of Amazon are listening to this, fantastic. Make children's Christmas lists on Amazon. You'll miss out on an absolute fortune there. Uh, but they'll send them the Christmas list. They'll send them this Google Doc with all the different links of all the different toys they want for Christmas. And that'll be a done-dusted, done-in-an-afternoon. No experience in going out for Christmas shopping with the family. Which, it, it does sadden me. But sadly, it is inevitable. As humans get lazier... They're going to be getting more online shopping. They're going to stay away from the high street. You know, what's the point of walking around in rainy England in the streets when you can sit in home? you got, I don't know, Good Morning Britain on the TV and you got a cup of tea in your hands and you're scrolling through on the latest iPads. Done, dusted. You've just done your entire Christmas shopping in an hour and it's a tough position. Very, very tough position for these high street stores to be in inevitable doom I would like to call it and that segues into another little point is it going to be inevitable doom or is it going to be the best thing since sliced bread yet yeah, we finally reached it it has been weeks and weeks i'm pretty sure i mentioned it in the very first episode of the getty pickle up podcast which was then called pickle main podcast but there we go but the getty pickle up podcast episode 1 we mentioned the game call of duty cold war You know, a lot of this channel, a lot of the time, we do talk about Cold War, talk about Call of Duty, talk about Warzone, and I try to avoid it. But there is no denying that Call of Duty is back on top as the biggest, biggest game franchise in the world currently. You know, an inevitable UK lockdown helped this massively, but it is back, Call of Duty is back, and it looks like nothing is taking it off the top of the block for long. Or will it? Call of Duty Cold War... What do I think? What are my initial thoughts? I'm going to break this down into three different sections. I'm going to talk about the single player experience, mostly looking at campaign. I'm going to be looking at the multiplayer experience, a staple of the Call of Duty franchise. And, of course, the Black Ops mode, zombies mode. And I'm going to be looking at the zombies mode, which is exclusive to Black Ops, is not in the Modern Warfare franchise. And what that brings to the table. So, first, the single player experience. Now, what can you expect if you are but one person, one boy listening to this podcast and you're thinking, you know what, I quite like shooting games. They're a lot of fun. I don't really have any friends to play with, but you know, I I like shooting games. I think I'm going to buy Call of Duty. The biggest aspect of this is probably going to be the single player campaign for you. Now, I am not lying when I say this is the most ambitious suspicious call of duty campaign to date it is very different than the other call of duty campaigns you're not really playing as one particular soldier you're playing as kind of like a custom character you know he has character traits things like that he kind of has like a little mini backstory based on you know different perks and stuff that you choose And you kind of play as this customizable character. And alongside him, of course, is fan favorites from the Call of Duty Black Ops series. Sergeant Woods being, is it Sergeant Woods? I think it's Captain Woods. Captain Woods, who is one of my absolute favorites in the Call of Duty franchise and always has been. And you're alongside these well-known characters running into a campaign, which is looking back into his past memories to decipher the whereabouts of a terrorist organization. Now, the single-player campaign, like I said, is ambitious. They've taken some big steps that are different than a normal campaign in Call of Duty games. But, but, if you have ever played a Call of Duty campaign, well, I don't know if anyone else picked up on this, but I have picked up on this for years. Every single Call of Duty campaign mission has three parts. There's a part where you're running and you're gunning, So you're running through streets, you're fighting soldiers and you're gunning, you know, your classic war, war zone, you know. You're battling the enemy team and you're shooting them up, you're moving from building to building, that kind of thing. Then you've got what I like to call the oh no moment. Now in the oh no moment... It looks like this impending doom for your character and your team. You know, a bus might explode and all of your team go flying and the private gets killed. And suddenly it's an, oh no, are we going to make out of this alive? Then you've got what I like to call the Hollywood moment, the big finale. It's a car chase. It's a helicopter ride. It's something that's so awesome. You know, you might be in a tank and you're blasting hundreds of enemies at once. And that is the wow moment, the Hollywood moment. And it leads into this scripted nature so, so much. And you know, they might they might do a little bit different here and there. They might leave off the wow moment. They might leave the oh no, we're gonna die. But it's actually a bit of a, a flip. It's a bit of a twist. And I haven't played too much of the campaign, but I imagine that there's going to be some huge twist about halfway through that the war you fought you're fighting wasn't actually the war you're fighting and it was against someone else the whole entire time and the main villain isn't actually the main villain and he's kind of like, kind of a good guy, but or gets killed halfway into the story to reveal the even bigger bad. And you know what? It works, it kinda does work, it is fun, and you know what, those Hollywood moments, they're in there because they work, you know, it is fun flying in a helicopter and shooting people, I ain't hating on the formula, you know what, Call of Duty have found the formula that works for them, why not, if I was 15 years old, 14 years old, that game would probably be the best thing since sliced bread. Unfortunately, as I've got older, I've become a bit more critical in games. And I like to look at the nitty gritty parts of video games. And Has it ruined my enjoyment of the games? It's not. I'm going to be honest, it hasn't. But when you are aware of these things, it maybe takes the enjoyment out a little bit. So... If you are playing as a single person, a single player, and, you know, you don't really have any friends that are into Call of Duty, you can still jump into the multiplayer and the zombies. Is it as good as an experience if you are playing by yourself? Probably not. Are you going to get maybe a good fun hour, two hours out of it? Yeah, you know what, you could do. Are you going to play this game for the next four or five months straight? Probably not if you're a single person playing it. Now, I'm going to do two different ratings for this. Because of the nature of Call of Duty, I feel like it kind of is divided into two games. So I'm going to rate if you were playing as a single person. If you did not have any friends that you knew that played Call of Duty, how would you find this game? Now for me, I would probably rate it a 6 out of 10. You know... It's not the best game out there if you're looking for a single-player experience. It's not the best game out there if you're looking for a war simulator, single-player experience. Is it worth the £60 price tag it's currently at, or $70 if you're from the US? Again, I would say no. Is it worth picking up at a later date? Mm, Yeah, potentially. The problem you're going to face, though, is because of the multiplayer elements in the game, this game is probably gonna stay at that high-end ice price point until 2022, 2021. And with that, then there's another new Call of Duty out, so then you're a year behind again. And to be honest, if I was to jump into Modern Warfare now as a single player, it would probably be anywhere near as good of the experience because I know that this bigger game in Call of Duty, Black Ops Cold War, is just there on the other side. So with that if you are a single player looking for a great war simulator, I would hold off for now. You know, Medal of Honor, have got some good games coming out. There's a new Battlefield on the horizon. They might be a better single player experience than this Call of Duty games. But if you are a fan of the Call of Duty franchise, and it does have a nice reoccurring story with nice different themes throughout, you know, that are quite standalone and they are there. You know, like I've just said, you've got lovable characters. And if you are a fan of the Call of Duty franchise... I wouldn't put you off buying it, but if you've never played a Call of Duty game before, you're a single person, and you're looking to jump into war simulator, I would not recommend Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Then, to move into the multiplayer elements of the game. If you're in this for the multiplayer side, and you're wanting to play with friends, the single player is probably right at the back of your mind you probably haven't even done the tutorial yet because the first thing that you did was hop into the game jump straight into the multiplayer to start grinding out your levels start grinding out those guns get the better attachments so you can dominate your enemies and you know what fair play because that's exactly what i did as well i do obviously have, have a lot of friends that play this game and i'm constantly getting my head pecked to play with them all and you know what it does make the multiplayer experience that much better You do more talking about Call of Duty than you actually do playing it. You know, I have a group chat with loads of friends uh, called the Cod Freaks, and we sit there and we talk about Call of Duty for probably 50% of the day. We all probably play Call of Duty for two hours in an evening, yet we probably talk about it more. We talk about the different guns, we talk about all sorts of stuff. And that community side of it, you can't really beat. Now, the actual multiplayer experience, though, how does it compare to other Call of Duty games? For me, it's a pretty solid multiplayer experience, but it clearly is unfinished. There is eight maps in the game, which is the lowest out of any Call of Duty game. There is very few guns. I think there's five assault rifles, five submachine guns, three LMGs, two shotguns, three snipers, which just isn't enough. You know, when you look at Modern Warfare and the amount of weapons that they started with and then built on it, it's quite a ridiculous comparison. But I think from a creative standpoint and a design standpoint, the weapons are fairly balanced. You know, there is some that stand out as a better gun than others, but it's not like other Call of Duty games where there is definitively the best gun you know some might argue listening to this that the mp5 is probably the best and right now it kind of is looking that way and in game development there's always going to be something there's always going to be a game meta there's always going to be something that is that little bit better than everything else because game developers aren't perfect they can't craft a perfect system that's varied unless everything was exactly the same which they ain't gonna do it's tough to make a very multiplayer And if you are a casual multiplayer kind of guy, you know what, you like playing with your friends, you like going in, you know, you're not one for sweating it out, you're not one to not miss out on trying to get good games, trying to get good kills, but you're not obsessed with it, then this is going to be a great Call of Duty game for you. It's going to be an enjoyable experience. You know, the gunsmith's back from Modern Warfare, there's a lot of operators, there's a lot of choices to make, and that keeps the excitement there as well. And like I was just saying, you know, you talk to your friends, you say, oh, have you tried this attachment? Have you tried this? Have you tried that? And that kind of adds to the game as well. If you are someone who takes a lot of pride in their Call of Duty game, every year you are aiming to be top of the leaderboards. You're aiming to be absolute bragging rights with your friends. I'm sorry to say, this is probably not going to be the Call of Duty game for you. There is a secret hidden mechanic in this game called skill-based matchmaking. Now, what this does, it pits enemies, enemies, it pits teams against each other of similar skill. To give you a bit of an insight to this, on one of the evenings I was playing Call of Duty Black Ops with a few of my friends from my local town, who are very good Call of Duty players. They are exceptional Call of Duty players. They play in the Pickle Open every week, and I would say, Honestly, they are some of the best Call of Duty players I know, and I know a lot of Call of Duty players. We were suddenly dropping into games with pro Call of Duty players, people that get paid money to play Call of Duty for a living, people that wake up in the morning, shower, eat their breakfast, and then play Call of Duty. This is where you run into a lot of problems. When you're pitting the best of the best against each other, suddenly no one feels like they are the best anymore. One of the good parts about being good at a game is showing off and showing off how good you are at a game. You can't do that when suddenly you're in a game with people of mass equal skill. And if you listen to this and you know what, you're in that, you know, similar to me, you're not amazing at Call of Duty, but you enjoy it you and you still want to be the best you can at it then you're probably disagreeing with me here when I say that skill-based matchmaking is probably a bad thing because I I can see the features and the benefits to the skill-based matchmaking. It means everyone has a fun experience in every game and it does kind of benefit the people who are on the lower end of the skill gap more, which in terms of Activision, you can see why they do it because that is the mass majority of people. You know, you're talking about the negativity of a skill based matchmaking having an impact on probably 7 8% of players, and they are the ones that are getting pitted against each other in these absolute sweater funds. Whereas, and they don't really have anywhere to go with their skill level either. They're gonna get better playing with each other, but everyone's gonna keep getting better, and the level's just gonna go up and up and up and up and up, so it never feels like anyone's getting better. And they might become a bit stagnant because of that. They might become a bit stagnant because of that. Whereas those that are on the lower end of the skill-based matchmaking, they're going to have the chance to improve. They're going to have the chance to hone their abilities, get better and better and better until they they are a better Call of Duty player. And you know what? They might see that pay off. They're going to see themselves escalating rapidly up the ranks. You know They're going to be coming into contact with even harder games. And with that, they're going to keep working on the skills they're going to keep learning new techniques and that's really great if you're a 12 year old boy and it's your first ever call of duty game you're not going to drop into a lobby and get faced by a whole bunch of professional cod players or 25 year old males like me who sit and sweat out cod for a living you're going to play against probably people of a similar age people of a similar skill ability someone else who's never played call of duty before and it gives them the chance To learn the game, it gives them the chance to hone their own abilities and enjoy the game that they've spent £60 on. So, from a business standpoint, it's a good decision. From someone who likes to see pro players achieve and see greatness, it's tough to see. It's tough to see some of the best players in the games getting 1.4 KDs when I'm sat on a 1.1. Now, to the average person, there's not much of a difference between 1.1 and 1.4. And even in past Call of Duty games, pro players, top players, would be getting like 3.5s. Now they're all something in 1.4s. So there is clearly a bit of error. And will Activision jump on this? I very much doubt it. I think they are so honed in on Warzone right now, and making Warzone the best Battle Royale experience that there has ever been, that multiplayer is probably going to lose its appeal, and they're probably going to ignore multiplayer. Which moves me into the next part of this review quite well, which is the Zombies Experience. Now, well known in the Black Ops games, there's a zombie horde experience. Now, if you've never played a zombies experience, essentially hordes of zombies come at you and you got to shoot them all. A lot of fun, really. You know, you're just, you're just shooting. You're just shooting people. Zombies constantly over and over. And to be honest, it's more of like a party game. It's a bit of fun. You know, you and the boys all playing up the zombies. Running around, shooting each other's zombies, all that kind of stuff. And it is a lot of fun. This is probably the best zombies experience that I've experienced. Now, I haven't really delved into the zombies much in the past few years. I delved into it a little bit in Black Ops 4, but it was a bit too much for me. They seem to have reeled it in slightly with all the -the over-the-top wacky stuff. So, you start the game with your basic loadout, you know, an M4 gun an MP5, ak forty seven, and you're running around shooting. You're also equipped with one special ability. Now these special abilities range from a mine that detonates killing the zombies. An ice blast that slows the zombies down. Not a good one by the way if you're looking for tips. Don't choose the ice perk. An invisible one which has its own benefits. If you're in a tough spot you drop that invisibility and you're away from the zombies. If a teammate needs reviving, boom You drop that invisibility, you revive him. There's also a healing tool, which heals your entire team at a snap of a finger, boosting all levels back up, and if you level it up enough, it can even revive your down teammates, which is interesting. And then there's a fire one as well, which sets the zombies on fire, bringing them to a slow death. Personally, the favourite for mine so far has to be either the mine, Explosion, who doesn't love explosions, and the invisibility one, because it's such a good team tool, as well as getting yourself out of a little bit of trouble. Which, special abilities, it's always that. I don't really want to use my special ability because I don't want to waste it, but then you don't use it and then you should have used it. That's kind of where I think with it, and that's with mine and the ether invisibility cloak coming really well. The invisibility one gets you out of a tight situation fast. The mine, if you're about to get absolutely bombarded by hordes of enemies, you use it. And, boom, send them all flying. What I can really see happening with this Call of Duty game is Call of Duty is coming into Warzone. Call of Duty Cold War is coming into Warzone. We know that on the 10th of December, look out for the special podcast with the Warzone-Call of Duty hybrid. What I can see happening is people using the Cold War game, the zombies experience, as a way... To grind out their guns to then use them in Warzone. It's, yeah, it's all I can see right now. It's a long process to level up the guns. And again, I think it's a bit of a dirty business decision from Activision to do this. It's another kind of semi-pay-to-win structure where the guns take so long to level up that when they do introduce them into Warzone, unless you've got Cold War you're not getting any half-decent attachments on the guns. Which, by the way, the guns absolutely suck until you get any attachments on them. So to me, that's a clear business decision from Activision. You know, make it a bit harder to level up the weapons. People are going to want to buy the multiplayer. They're going to want to buy the zombies because it's way easier to get kills. It's way easier to grind out XP in those modes. So it's a bit of a cheap way for uh, Activision to promote people to buy the games, but with the zombies in mind, the multiplayer in mind, if you are a group of friends, if you are an individual who knows people that play Call of Duty Call would I recommend you buying it? I'm going to have to say yes, I would. For myself, this game is a solid 8 hour 10. It builds on the Modern Warfare experience in a good way. It is sadly unfinished, and it is clear, but so are so many games now that it's essentially become the norm at this point, and it's sad that we're at that stage where this is the norm now, where games get released unfinished, but you also can't phase out the fact that they've had to finish this game in eight months with a global pandemic on, which means a lot of the staff will be working from home, and Activision love money, they ain't going to be saying no to pushing this game out if it's unfinished. Get it out. We'll finish it later. That's probably the approach they're going to go. And I am hopeful that they're going to treat it very similar to Modern Warfare. In They're going to keep putting new maps in, which they have said they're going to do. They're going to put new zombies content in. They're going to be putting new guns in all the time. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing the future of Cold War. And if it's anything like the Modern Warfare... Modern Warfare Slate, it's going to be a good year for Call of Duty fans again. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully they don't mess up the integration of Cold War into Warzone. Because if they do, that could probably be the nail in the coffin for them. But only the future can tell. But I rate Call of Duty Cold War 9 out of 10. Would I recommend spending £60 on it? Yes, I would. But unfortunately, that is all we've got time for today. Now, we've not really covered too many topics at all today. But next week's episode, we've got a very, very exciting episode. I'm going to be reviewing the new Legend of Zelda game, The Breath of the Wild Hyrule Warriors edition, um, which is going to be a lot of fun. I'm also going to be doing a roundup of the PlayStation 4. Now, the PlayStation 5 is out in the UK on this coming Thursday. So I'm going to be doing a little round of episodes similar to what I did with the Xbox One. This time I'm looking at all the PlayStation games. There's a lot of exclusives on the list as well. Great, great year for the PlayStation 4. Did they win the console war? Let's see, we'll discuss that all in next week's podcast. If you haven't already seen the Pickles Kitchen episode with my mum, make sure you go and check it out on YouTube. It's a lot of fun and it's my most popular YouTube video to date. We are going to be making some big changes as well with the channel in regards to uploads. The Call of Duty League videos that I was trying to put up are not very beneficial, and it takes me a good eight or nine hours to edit, and I don't think it's really worth it. I'm going to be looking at doing some different content on that time slot. So keep your eye out for that. But as always, guys, where can you find Bran Pickle? You must know by now. You can find me pretty much anywhere on the internet, at Bran Pickle. Of course, the most prominent place to find me, over on my Twitch channel, at Bran Pickle. That's where you can catch the Call of Duty Opens, and that's where you can spend a bit of personal time with Bran. A lot of people come into the chat, just ask me different questions, my opinion on different things, and it's a lot of fun interacting with everyone who watches my YouTubes, my TikToks, and the podcast, and I absolutely love to see it. Of course, you can find me over on Twitter for my daily rants. Over at Brand Pickle. Of course, the YouTube channel at Brand Pickle. Facebook, Brandon Pickle Entertainment. One day I will acquire that Brand Pickle page on Facebook. And over on Instagram at Brand Pickle. But as always, thank you so much for listening to me today. My review of Call of Duty Cold War. My roundup of the high streets. And remember, get your pickles out. November is flying, by the way. My tash is looking lovely. So make sure you head over to the Movember website as well. But as always, one more time, get your pickles out. Jadon's a bum. Lads, check your nugs. Catch you on the next one. Peace out.